Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my full or lengthy breakdown of the weapons and gear trailer from Destiny about Beyond Light. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast platforms, you can always catch me live Monday through Friday at SayNoToRage.com. Clicking subscribe and the bell button will make sure you don't miss these live streams. If you want to join and support directly, you can click the join button on YouTube. So this trailer obviously has some people pretty excited. It also seems to be relatively late in the grand scheme of typical you know, stylization and, and marketing delivery from Bungie. Typically something like this would have landed in the summer, but since E3 and some of the conferences were canceled, they didn't really do the same marketing push. We also are dealing with a delay. That's probably also relating to the fact of when this is landing. I am going to ultimately say that this is a little early but I'm condition. That's a conditional statement. I'm going to talk about that later in the video. So while this does land late in the traditional sense for Bungie, we're in a totally different year where the marketing summer push was t- completely different, and the expansion has been delayed significantly. So that is going to affect marketing. I still think, in certain respects, this is a little early. So first, I'm going to say, what did we see? I'm going to break down each of the weapons and armor for you. I'm going to quickly read through them. I know you can go to the website and read through them, but that's going to add context for the middle part of this discussion, which I think is very, very important. What about Crucible? We continue to look at the effect of stasis, what it's going to do to map flow, combat rhythm, and these weapons are also going to probably bring, uh, as well as the armor, some influence and change to Crucible meta. And then I'm going to end the video by saying, is this it? Is this all they're going to talk about? Is this all the info we're going to get about Europa and weapons and, 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 and thus? And I don't ultimately think so so first and foremost let's go through the weapons it's no secret that no time to explain was coming back but now we know what it's actually going to do precision hits and hits against enemies affected by stasis are actually going to return to the magazine to kind of keep you firing and then if you stack this effect it'll summon you can use it to summon a portal which will fire bullets from an alternate timeline of the weapon so it looked similar to the arc buddy the arc bolt uh, well maybe not arc bolt I forget what it's called a little arc buddy is what we always call him and that little guy that flows beside you and shoots so the gun can summon its own little arc buddy it's not arc it doesn't look like stasis it seems to just be another kinetic source of damage uh, in the game and that's something that the no time to explain can summon all on its own uh, the second thing that we saw in the trailer, and this thing looked a little wild. Yeah, it's called the Arc Soul. Thank you, chat. The Arc Soul, Arc Buddy. Uh, the Cloud Strike Sniper uh, looks interesting for two reasons. Precision final blows will generate lightning bolts at the target location. So obviously in Crucible, that could be influential when trying to maintain a lane. If people are kind of bunched up, that might be really helpful in sharing damage. But then it also says rapid precision shots will summon an entire storm at the point of impact. I could see this maybe getting some play in PvE because you're able to land those rapid shots on a major or a mini boss, something beefy, and if there's enemies in the general vicinity, you're going to proc extra damage. Also curious to see what kind of damage it does to a boss or a mini boss, even if there aren't trash ads around, what exactly is the total damage of the entire storm? How often does it show up? How quickly can it be proc'd? Maybe this sniper could land in some DPS phases We'll have to wait and see. 
Uh, everybody is just drooling over the Lament Exotic Sword, looking like a chainsaw sword. It is a uh, mortal blade, a stalwart shield, but you can block with the Lament to rev the blade and then shred through shielded enemies. At its peak, damaging an enemy will heal the wielder. So it actually has two functions, and I think that's probably one of the things we want to see is something that has some mechanic or utility to it. So that we saw in the trailer an anti-barrier champion get absolutely decimated by what appeared to be the heavy attack, like a spinning attack, similar to the crone, uh, the crown splitter or the throne cleaver or whatever it's called. There are like two versions of it. You know how the, the Titan had his own unique animation. So the fact that damaging an enemy will heal the wielder will be nice because sort of maybe as the block is running out or as you stop blocking to rev it and then you want to go take out the anti-barrier, you're probably going to take some damage and you're going to want to get that health back. So this sword getting everybody pretty excited. One of the reasons I'm kind of like eh about it is number one, it's an exotic. Number two, what are they going to do about the guillotine? Is the guillotine actually going to get unseated by this thing because it is an exotic? One of the benefits of the guillotine is it's a legendary. Then Salvation's grip this one got my attention because it kind of is reminiscent to the martyr's retribution waveframe grenade launcher it actually fires a projectile that creates stasis crystals that kind of go along a line and then you can charge it to increase the amount of crystals created and the freeze radius so i have to see what the actual you know overall size is of that when fully charged up but it did look pretty nice for creating barriers and then obviously they show the titan like slide through the barrier and then punch an enemy uh, given that the waveframe grenade launcher is an energy weapon and it is also not a exotic curious to see how much this actually gets play will it be good for dps against a boss or just crowd control that remains to be seen that's a larger question we have in general will stasis be giving us any kind of debuff or buff utility against bosses mini bosses and the like or is stasis more about control and slowing combat even with respect to the exotic weapon that's wielding its power then we get into the armor and this is when i think things are really starting to make you know, folks either grow concerned or their eyebrows kind of go up with respect to the crucible. The Icefall Mantle is a Titan gauntlet and it swaps your barricade for an overshield. So if you've got a really, really good barricade build, if you really liked using the towering barricade in trials, a lot of a lot of people use that, I think, to great effect in trials to slow down blocked doors, especially on maps like Cauldron. Could be pretty annoying to play against a Titan with a lot of those. Uh, now instead of a, a towering barricade or, or a rally, you can get an overshield whenever that ability is available, absorbing damage from incoming fire. I could see this being pretty frustrating in Crucible because if they pop this and then round the corner, TTK is totally different. They're going to last a whole lot longer than you. And if they can proc this uh, regularly, in some respects, this might be more lethal and frustrating than the One-Eyed Mask because One-Eyed Mask required you to kill the person who had just recently done damage to you. This is something you can do every time your class ability comes up and then you enter a lane and you have a time to kill advantage over the flow of the fight. Uh, next one, another one that has the potential to sort of disrupt things in Crucible, the Precious Scars. Um, upon revives, the Titan gains an overshield aura that protects the wearer and nearby allies. We saw this in action in the trailer. It creates like a little tether triangle between the, like the little trio, and, uh, that is an aura that protects them. Obviously in trials, when you're going for reses, this could be, uh, you know, a significant influence over the flow of battle able to get that res and then everybody's getting kind of uh protected uh, again 
trials is the biggest aspect of crucible that'll be affected here now in in pve this could come in handy for just general survivability if you're in an area where you know there's going to be a lot of people going down and needing rest we don't know what the europa seasonal activity is typically in a raid you have rev uh, res limitations you can only res so many times but in places like dungeons grandmaster nightfalls you know places where you're consistently needing to res your teammates under uh, under fire or under duress it might be helpful this one kind of shocked everybody. It looks a little bit like uh, the Scarecrow and Bane had a baby. Uh, the Mask of Bacris. Uh, this one changes the Hunter's Dodge ability to a Shift ability that also temporarily cloaks the wearer during use. We can't quite tell if this is a literal teleport. I think there's the Shift the shift ability as it's described. Uh, it's a longer range Shift ability. To me... Shift ability, long range, those that, that language indicates to me you're literally going to teleport to a new location, and then after you're done teleporting, you'll be temporarily cloaked for use. So it will be, in essence, you know, leaving the game world for a matter of, you know, a split second. It kind of already did that. The dodge of the hunter kind of breaks aim assist. So the way that I read this is a long range shift ability. I'm I'm interpreting that as a teleportation. People are like, well, you can see the guy's shadow in the trailer. More than likely, that's after he has successfully shifted and he is now cloaked. Uh, so we'll, we'll obviously have to test that in the wild, but that's kind of my prediction on how it's going to work. Thank you, Cringe Incorporated. What a name uh, for the seventh new membership of the day. Uh, next piece of armor, uh, Arth- Arthras's Embrace, I think is maybe how it's said. The Hunter's Weighted Knife gains a second ricochet, rapid precision hits, gain a damage bonus, and you can temporarily stagger enemies. So, I, I, the rapid precision hits gaining a damage bonus, and then temporarily stagger, and you can temporarily stagger enemies. Th- these might actually have two uses. Uh, the, the Ricochet having its use as they showed in Crucible, but then they didn't really show off the rapid precision hits damage bonus and then the temporarily staggering of enemies. That can have a good PvE benefit. And the Dawn Chorus, this is one's a question mark for me. Uh, it takes the Daybreak projectiles to deal extra damage and cause enemies to burn on contact and then gain melee energy each time uh, a burn damages a target. So that's going to be good for keeping melee uptime. But also the question is, in the trailer, they hit a champion with a uh, one of the blades and he dies as he's coming out of getting staggered. We don't know if that's how strong it's going to be. One of our criticisms of roaming supers is they don't get a whole lot of play and a whole lot of legs in the late game or against champions because they're really, really weak. But in this in this case, they showed us doing that. He could have been on death's doorstep. We don't really know. It looked like he got killed by the dot damage. Damage over time damage. Necrotic Grip for the Warlock, a deadly caress compounded. So melee attacks will corrupt enemies with increasing damage over time. Defeating a corrupted combatant spreads the corruption to nearby targets. So in the trailer, it just kind of makes its way like a wave uh, through a batch of trash ads. So this seems exciting, fresh, but also disruptive to Crucible meta. I'm hoping that a lot of this actually lands in the PvE endgame and is useful. So let's just ask the question, what about the Crucible? I don't want to belabor the point here, but we've already looked at how much stasis may affect the crucible in a negative way we looked at the 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 language they used about the dynamic storms on europa they know that slowing movement and doing different things to the player can create a negative impact on player experience or the core experience core gameplay experience they said 
the lightning sniper, the overshield titan, the teleporting hunter, the titan rezzing overshield aura. This all, I think, could have what I call the scories effect in Trials and other pieces of the Crucible. If you remember the scories artifact, it really disrupted play flow, slowed everything down, made it pretty boring because everybody was sort of leaning on uh, abilities and sort of what you would consider maybe cheesy tactics. I am not saying the sky is falling, but I do think everything we've seen here with both stasis and these exotics could create, as I'm dubbing it, a scories effect more specifically on Trials and the rest of Crucible, but it could also affect the rest of Crucible as well. And then lastly, let's talk about Is This It? They show 33 items here behind everybody, and when I added it up this morning, there's actually not enough for all three armor sets. All three armor sets would take up 15 of the slots, and even if I counted the boxes behind the Titan in the center, there was not enough boxes for all of the armor pieces. So even the Q, even the boxes here in this display image, it's not even everything they've shown us because there's not enough for the, uh, the, the full armor sets we've seen that we're calling and dubbing the Europa armor sets. We've also seen now new versions of the red guns we've already seen five of them but now we're seeing a bow and a machine gun and what could be a different archetype of an auto rifle um one of the ones that's kind of like the the horror story so i at this point am not concerned i think listen if this is all they have to show us then it then that that's when i think it's early i'm kind of making a conditional statement if this is all bungie has to show us if they don't have anything else to show us with respect to weapons gear and loot on europa or beyond light then it's really early to shoot this out i think you would save this to closer to launch if this was all they had to show second we still have zero details on what the ten dollar season pass is going to to bring with it they have not broken that out in any detail no bullet list no bullet points no nothing and in general we're just getting little bits and pieces of what looks like to be beyond light purchase motivators not really not really anything with respect to the season itself so as beyond light continues to get fleshed out i would hope and expect them to create a season page for whatever the season is called so what we're getting uh, for the $10 we still don't have that yet we got multiple weeks for that to happen I would imagine that would happen maybe a little bit closer so at this point I still feel like they're holding back and we haven't really seen everything yet this was good to see it's exciting obviously new exotics get people pretty pumped but also raises some concern we're going to transition to Q&A if you're here in the live audience you can submit questions as a paid member if you're here in the live audience don't leave we're going to continue having the back and forth and discussions um and if you pick the vip tier on the memberships you could call in for the vip call-in session that happens after q a as always the best way to support this stream is to click subscribe the bell button and the like button all three of those things are totally free subscribing to a youtube channel doesn't cost anything as always uh, if you're listening to this in the other locations audio or video past broadcast please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about the weapons and gear trailer that Destiny put out. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or any of the podcast platforms where SNTR Presents hits, you can always watch me live at SayNoToRage.com. That'll bring you right to the YouTube channel. You can hit subscribe and the bell button. Uh, and you can also hit the join button if you want to become a paid member with benefits and perks in our Discord like VIP call-ins or Q&A sessions like this. Clap for you with the first question. Of course, the trailer is action-packed and pumps you up for the new season, but do you think they can keep the hype throughout the entire season? I mean, generally speaking, seasons start very, very front-heavy. This is something I talked about in year three, that 
the the season pass itself is front heavy the calendar's front heavy everything tends to happen in the first month now we know that in year three some of that was related to the fact that the seasonal content was only going to last for three months so they kind of have to get everything shoved out in the first three to four weeks because you know sundials going away three months later in year four that is changing everything is lasting for the entirety of the year or it's lasting for a year i should say so whatever the seasonal content is in beyond light it's not going to go away a couple months later and that may enable bungie to space things out a little bit more i wouldn't be surprised if they continue to keep the season pass itself front heavy you know the first 20 or 30 levels are usually pretty jam-packed one of the reasons they do that is that lands on casuals and mid lane players more effectively than if they spaced everything out evenly, then it would always kind of have this thinner uh, or less exciting feel. They know that you know usually during the first month is when you're getting the most engagement from the community, and during that month is when most people are going to be remembering, hey, that season pass was pretty cool, I got some cool cosmetics and some cool stuff, and then that motivates them to continue playing, and if they do continue playing and hit level 100, that's a really, really good motivator for them to sign up for the next one hey that was worth it 10 bucks i'm gonna buy the next season i'm gonna get all that stuff from the season pass outside of the season pass if you consider the season seasonal calendar that they typically do you know timing of different modes different quests exotics exotics and all of that i would really really hope and this is something that i've been pulling for for a very very long time is that when a new piece of content like let's say there's a seasonal activity on europa I would hope maybe a month in they release a newer mode or a challenge mode or a hard mode that then has different or better loot inside of it. And this is a, this is a good way to stagger relevancy and keep people engaged. People spend the first month kind of hitting it pretty hard, hitting it pretty heavy, and then when they kind of run out of some of the guns or the god rolls to chase, you can either add loot that wasn't there at the beginning and then a mode that wasn't there at the beginning. If Sundial Hard Mode would have launched in January, you know, a month or so in, and the Hard Mode of Sundial would have come with better versions of all of the weapons, I think hardcore players would have really latched on to that. They'd be like, oh, this is dope. I got some god rolls, but these versions are better. Now, some people might have thrown their hands up and been like, well, what a waste. I was grinding for this god roll, and now there's newer, better versions. But by and large, I think staggering the loot and staggering the, you know, the modes is a great way to kind of maintain relevancy. Now, you're saying maintain hype. Generally speaking, you're not going to be able to maintain hype after launch week. That's just, I, I don't think that's conceivable. Unless, again, they're surprising us all throughout the calendar. You know, hey, next week, this is happening. This is, and like every week of the season, something crazy is happening. I would say that's unlikely, um, just because from a marketing standpoint, you want to, you want to. It's like you, it's like a crescendo. You push the roller coaster all the way up. Everybody gets really, really excited, and then you kind of let it ride down. And then, like a roller coaster, I think this analogy actually works pretty well. It, you know, the higher they take it, and the more investment they have in the content, roller coasters go down, and then they come back up a little bit, then they go back down, then they come back up a little bit, and then they loop back around. That's generally how seasons typically go. Really, really high point at the beginning. Then it kind of dips two, three weeks later. And then it kind of rebounds again because some things happen. Maybe there's an exotic quest. Maybe there's something cool going on. I, I think that's generally how you know seasons typically go. 
and that's not necessarily I don't think a problem uh, you know I, th- that's sort of in line with player behavior anyway most players are going to log those early you know early weeks the most they're going to drift play less take breaks and so it makes sense to have the content kind of structured around that as opposed there's a handful of options here right is space it all out so the first couple of weeks don't feel significantly special or top, or, or I call it top heavy or front heavy. You know, it, it's the, the front end of the season is really, really heavy. Well, I mean, if you space all that out, then you might lose people really early on. They're like, oh, it's going to take too long for them to release stuff. There's nothing happening. This is boring. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, there's, I'm bored. There's nothing to do or whatever. So I kind of think front heavy makes sense, but maybe they will be able to save some things in their pocket that they couldn't save in year three because everything was going away at the end of the season, if that makes sense. Uh, Death Blood says, The sword is able to pierce barriers. Great. Do you think anyone is going to use it? Since every other sword, especially uh, FG, basically annihilates uh, champions. FG, I believe, is the falling guillotine. We all just call it guillotine. I forgot that it was falling. Am I right? Falling guillotine? Anyway. Uh, they can kill the champions before they even place their shield. And Grandmaster swords aren't viable anyway due to proximity. This is one of those times where I'm going to kind of go through my talking points that I've said many, many times. I believe they need to give us way more freedom with champion mods or champion swords like this. And then put more champions in the game. So it becomes ineffective to guillotine spam the champions they need to make it to where it makes sense to use a sword like this or to actually I I remarked today I was playing contact public event and someone actually stunned an ogre I heard the unstoppable stun and I was like oh my gosh I haven't heard that in months someone actually was running an unstoppable mod in the public space and they had the opportunity to stun the ogre I couldn't believe it it, it was it, it took me it literally took me by surprise to the point that I remarked to chat about it I think that's unfortunate I think champions and champion mods have potential to make combat feel different a little bit more spicy a little bit more varied and they're allowing us to run ripshod over them or you go into grandmaster and you're generally just kind of sitting back and dialing in some of the tried and true strategies. It doesn't feel like a mechanic that is landing on the game in a healthy way. Um, you're either completely gliding over it in all non-Grandmaster content, or it's this massive point of frustration. Maybe not massive, but the healing might make it viable in Grandmaster, especially if you combine it with the new Titan Overshield exotic. Yeah, maybe. Give yourself an overshield, go out, tank some of the damage, get that barrier broken, and then if you do damage, you heal yourself. I mean, I don't know. Anytime you're exposing yourself in Grandmaster, you're taking massive, massive risk. And if the payout is killing a champion, I just, I don't know. Or make the champions not mod dependent, but instead on the player actions. Hit headshots to stagger unstoppable. Overload, uh, hit overload backpack on overloads. Yeah, see, that's why I like it. Because I feel like that's the end game potential of it, is that it's a choice you make, not a, uh, you know, not a, oh, I gotta run this mod. Um, 
not not only that, I, I just think in general, grandmasters are the hardest thing for us to right now go into and use it as a testing ground for anything because I think they're poorly designed. Even if you like grandmasters or you've been running them to great effect, that that's not up for debate. If you can run them to great effect or get a polished team, it's not well designed content. It's kind of sloppy. It's very ham fisted. It's it it feels you know not not it doesn't very feel very thoughtful so i think that's one of the general problems when we're testing these things out is we're like well in grandmaster well in grandmaster you know I, it just i think the pain's just stacked way too high and so it's really really hard to use that as any sort of like establishing something that's end game normative it's not a raid or a dungeon you know i i would love to see champions get much better treatment and presence in the game so it becomes a combat decision that you make for efficiency as opposed to being a nuisance in the end game or something you glide over in the early game with guillotine um now obviously if the guillotine gets nerfed or really it's not even the animation of the guillotine that makes it so strong it's the perk of the damage going up 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 and then obviously the 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 animation swing at the end is huge because you just buff the heck out of the sword. Um, so I'm not sure what they're going to do to make falling guillotine not feel, unless they just rely on the fact that like it's going to get sunset. Who cares if it annihilates bottom run content because it's bottom run content? Ink Toxicant says, with an overshield and a revive buff for titans, a better dodge for hunters, poison chain melee, and better dawn break uh, for warlocks or daybreak. Uh, Many of these exotics seem ideal for ad-heavy PvE. Could these exotics be pointing to Bungie's plans for future content? I mean, I didn't consider that there was a, there there was a theme here. I, I don't know if I see it as clearly as you do. Um, the chain melee and the better and the better roaming super, yes, but the revive and overshield for titans and the dodge for hunters those could very easily be seen as just helpful in, in, in something like a Grandmaster right now because of the ability to mitigate damage and get away from damage. Um, so I don't know if this theme, if the, if the theme of the exotics is as strong as, as, as you're making it. I can see some of what you're saying, yes, and we've seen clips that seem, uh, the, the video footage kind of shows in some of the areas that there's a lot of ads around, and we've kind of theorized that the stasis and the dialogue around stasis is going to lead to that kind of combat where you're getting overwhelmed. So slowing and subduing becomes a natural sort of player response to the fact that there is a large quantity of enemies in an area. Um, I don't know if these exotics make that case just yet. Uh I am just happy to see a roaming super get some love. It remains to be seen if the daybreak projectiles doing extra damage and burn is going to really matter. Roaming supers just don't seem to matter. They just kind of suck. Um, and maybe Don Chorus can help, but you've still got a bunch of others that never really seem all that worth using. Arc Staff's decent, but then hammer throwing and then the really big uh, hammer for titans people generally only use that to stun lock a boss um, I don't know it uh, it 
it's always it's always a curious thing when they're when they're attempting to create content for for our abilities or for our strengths. So if they create content that is very very ad kind of almost spammy heavy and you feel like man we got to run stasis, we got to run some of these new exotics. I worry you're going to end up with the reckoning effect where they built reckoning they built reckoning for how strong we were and it caused people to really really dislike reckoning it felt very one dimensional and a lot of folks have made predictions like this oh well they're going to they're going to they're going to give us content where it makes sense to run stasis they're going to give us content where you feel driven to run stasis or to run these new exotics and my primary concern with that is we've been there before with reckoning and it didn't really translate into good content um so yeah i think you're going to see a lot of hunters doing that doing that shift with uh with shotguns yeah 100% i could definitely see that being a being a thing being a problem um cuz i think like anything that helps with movement is extremely influential in uh, in Crucible because you're never going to suddenly see exotics in the game that kill faster but if you get movement advantages in the Crucible that is when I think uh, you'll see you'll see people really gravitate towards some of the things that we're seeing here you know and survivability being able to get an overshield whenever you want I mean especially if you spec into a really really good titan build where you're getting your barricade all the time being able to spec into that I think will be significant you know uh, for grandmasters hunters will most likely still use double dodge for better stealth upkeep and ad ignoring yeah unless they completely rework grandmasters there's a part of me that feels like we're going to get a blog post about that Hey, let's talk about grand Ma- let's let's talk about grandmasters. Let's talk about the you know the 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 you know the the grandmaster nightfall situation and and how um, it just hasn't quite landed yet. Here's changes we're going to be making to the grandmaster you know you know uh, content you know. Um. Manny Smalls says, We now have three exotics that do poison dot damage with the addition of the Warlock Gauntlet. You think Bungie is testing the waters with a new nuclear decay element? And if so, could old Chicago be the birthplace of this new power? I love, I love where your head's at. I love where your head's at because I have said we're going to get three dark subclasses before we get to Lightfall or we'll, we'll get the third in Lightfall. I think your, your prediction's right on the money until you get to old Chicago. I would say that because we're getting stasis from Europa and because Luke Smith said every expansion will take us to a new never before seen location I think each of those never before seen locations are the origin of the three subclasses Europa being stasis there'll be some hive world uh, taken world hive destination for Savathun and Witch Queen and we'll go to that destination it will be full of hive and darkness and green and that's where maybe your poison subclass could come from and then Lightfall would likely be something that the Drifter does with us with respect to Taken powers we'll see Um, but I think 
the the origin if we do in fact get three dark subclasses i believe the origin of those dark subclasses will be from the new never before seen destinations my theory is based on a handful of things number one the name lightfall number two in footage that we've seen of beyond light gameplay they are now generating and picking up orbs of power as opposed to orbs of light because you can't power stasis with an orb of light it's an orb of power i believe that when we get to lightfall and we obtain the third dark subclass we will don the moniker a guardian of power no longer a guardian of light we will be so strong we will no longer need an attachment to the light we will be able to wield the light powers of our own premise of our own prowess of our own ability and we'll lose our ghost or our ghost will evolve i believe the stranger since the stranger was not born of light i believe the stranger already is a guardian of power and the stranger has something with her that is not a ghost and yet it looks like a ghost luke smith confirmed that thing that's with her is not a ghost i believe our ghost will evolve to some degree to become like that and that we will no longer have a a direct connection to the traveler but we will be able to wield light powers dark powers and and be rezzed on a death our ghost you know can bring us back or whatever um that's what I think is coming. I think I think the stranger has traveled into the future. I think the stranger in Destiny 1 is talking to us in the future when she says, cut the engines and don't let anybody hear you or see you or whatever it is, the line that she says. I believe in that case, uh, in that situation, she's talking to us in the future and her ability to time travel saw the 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 capabilities of us becoming a guardian of power because we need to ascend to that strength level to save to save us from a um a dark future and that's why she's our catalyst and introduction into dark superpower uh, dark powers i'm sorry um so that's my theory on where things are going and how it's going to play out um so uh lion so both hunter and titan now have exotics that replace the class ability do you imagine warlocks will get one or do you think rift is a little more tricky way to work into a good alt version yeah i have no idea they might have plans for this just in year four maybe it shows up in another season uh it'd be really interesting to see if they do decide to replace the the warlock rift with something um you know they could do an overshield thing i mean that's the titans already got that the hunter can shift um i'm not really sure what you would do with the warlock um other than have the rift maybe go with them and do something different um maybe it cuts the time in half but it goes with you and it gives you um your guns are reloading and doing extra damage or something, but it's shorter lived. I don't know. I, it, it, there, there's a handful of things they could do with it. Um, the warlock needs a mobile rift. Yeah. I, that, that's kind of the only thing I can think of is that the rift would come with you, but movement, movement increases how quickly it depletes or something. Um, yeah. And then maybe it summons like an arc buddy, or maybe it reloads all your guns. Maybe it kind of acts like war rig where on the move you're getting, less health and damage buffs you're getting some but not as much and your guns are constantly reloading i don't i don't know um 
Don't Warlocks have a fragment or an aspect that adds something like this? I thought, no, Shatter Dive was for Hunters, wasn't it? We saw Shatter Dive. Oh, no, you're right, but it didn't change the rift. It just caused a stasis explosion to come out from the rift. There was a, um, there was a fragment that did that. Um, so I don't know. That's not really changing it. That's just causing something extra to happen from it. Kind of like Kepri's horn causes the explosion to come out from the barricade. So, good memory though. I forgot about that. That they did have a fragment for the warlock's ability. Anbu says, "I see that people are worried about the hunter phase shift, which isn't all that much different from dodge. Whereas the Titan seems to have bigger advantages of being able to choose to go into battle with an overshield." Thoughts? I listen. I hate to say it. I, d- I don't like to be negative before we get there, but I believe the Icefall Mantle will become the new Antius Wards. Uh, people are going to hate this thing. Because um, you're going to lose gunfights because the guy did this and then came around the corner and you can't win. Uh, I, I, like, I don't like to get negative, but my prediction is that Icefall Mantle becomes the new Antius Wards. I think people are just going to hate it. Um... Yeah, if you play against three titans and they all have Icefall Mantles and they're all taking turns entering lanes with overshields, I think it'll be infuriating to play against. Um, because they have a longer time to kill. So they can miss shots. Uh, I mean, I, it's just... At least there's a cooldown. Yeah, but I mean, what's the fastest barricade build a titan can get? What's a hundred resilience bring? Um, You know... You hope they slow the cooldown if you wear the exotic? Yeah, it's possible it has its own cooldown. It's possible it has its own cooldown. 14 seconds, people are saying. So every 14 seconds, I can, like, so the 9 second cooldown on Worm Husk is already absurdly annoying sometimes. Alright? You're talking about 5 more seconds, and I can enter the lane and have an overshield. If it doesn't create its own cooldown, if it's if it's purely tied to the 14 second barricade refresh rate and you play three titans in the crucible, by the time the other two are done, you know, shooting at you through the lane, the other guy's got his back. Um I don't know. If it 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 needs it's going to have to have its own cooldown. Uh it's going to have to. Um I don't know. Because one of the reasons that hunters are are so strong in the crucible is because they can leave the lane with dodge and that is an amazing utility to have oops I missed a shot this guy's got good primary and they leave the lane you combine that you combine that with worm husk and hunters are really really pesky right now this is different this is me entering the lane with a health advantage I'm not standing in a rift that you know you can see I come around the corner and we get in a shootout and I take longer to kill um I don't know what if it gets a negative stat bonus like negative 20 resilience yeah I don't know I think antimatter is right it's going to be more comparable to the original one eyed mask yeah I- I'm not saying it's going to become the new Antius wards in, the- in that it's going to play like Antius wards in that it's going to be the new hated titan exotic that's the- that's the point I'm making Antius Wards was the new one-eyed mask. This will replace Antius Wards as the most hated exotic in the Crucible. Um, 
Warlocks have it too with Top Tree Dawn. Oh, right. They, what do they consume their grenade or whatever? I wonder if that's harder to pull off, though, compared to this. Um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. I don't like making negative predictions, but, I, you know, I, I'm just I'm just going to kind of call it as it is. We're at 755 likes. There's 943 people here. If you have not pushed the like button, if you can roll us over to 800 likes, it really helps this video throughout the day. So feel free right now to smash that like button. If you haven't clicked subscribe yet, go ahead and do that. This is the type of content that we're putting out on YouTube all the time. It's an interactive podcast, a back and forth with chat, submitting questions. It's safe for work. Uh, Thanks for being here. You can lurk and listen. Uh, You can uh, play games and listen. Keep me on in the background. I appreciate the big, big turnout. Sir Mayhem is back. Hope it's a good day. Uh, Hope you're having a good day. Oh, what's good, man? How are you? I remember you, Sir Mayhem. Thank you for being here. Also, if you want to support the channel with a direct paid membership, you can click join or use the join command. Those have benefits in the Discord and emotes and all that stuff. Divine Protection is, is on terrible PvP subclass, though. Yeah, you don't need... That's the thing with the Titan, is you don't have to pick a particular subclass to get this Icefall Mantle. It just replaces your barricade. Um, so, Outriders is going to have full cross-play support and a free PS4 to PS5 upgrade and smart delivery from Xbox One to the Series X. And it's launching February the 2nd. Huh. I mean, that's really smart. That's really, really smart. Necro. What's your favorite exotic so far? Uh, what do you think is going to be tweaked? I'm excited about the sword and the grenade launcher. And I'm really excited about this. If Don Chorus can give a roaming super some punch and some power, I'll be excited. I'm sick of running. I'm sick of running. I love Nova, but it's always Nova or Well of Radiance. That's it. That's all I ever run. Um, now when I have to get ability kills to get umbral traces and I go into like uh, reckoning I like that I float in the air and throw grenades and get the melee projectile kills with with, uh, with sun bracers that's pretty fun uh, but I really would like to run the actual super and feel strong Because I would pop my super in Reckoning when working on those Umbral Traces, and it just feels like absolute garbage. It just doesn't feel good. So. Darksider. With the Titan and Hunter exotics screaming PvP in their design, I fear it will create one-sided fun, or there will be only fun for the user and nothing but frustration to play against, making a bad experience in PvP. How likely do you think that it'll be nerfed fast? I mean... (sighs) <sighs> there's a part of me that hopes they're able to tweak things split sandbox uh, I mean because as we just said a moment ago I feel like the titan overshield is going to become the new Antius Wars people are just going to hate it um, they're going to they're gonna mock people that use it they're going to get mad they're going to call it you know uh, toxic or whatever they're going to bag people that use it um, Antius Wars became so hated in the crucible 
uh, I don't know. To me, the, the there's either there's one of two things happening here. Bungie's just kind of throwing caution to the wind. They're like, look, we got to do dope stuff. We're sick. We're sick of holding back because of Crucible trials is trials, and we hope it. We hope it. 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 It stabilizes, but we want to do dope stuff. You know what I mean? We can't. We can't live. We can't live in 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 the past. Big twab today. I really, really hope there is a big twab today. You know, they may be throwing caution to the wind, or. Or it's one of two things. They're just throwing caution to the wind. They're like, dude, we got to do good stuff. Or maybe we're reinstalling the game. They've made background updates and tweaks to scripts and different things like that. Maybe they've come up with a way to tweak the game PvE, PvP separately. Maybe they finally come up with a way to, to quote unquote, in effect, split the sandbox. And maybe they haven't talked about it to us yet. You know, maybe they haven't said anything to us about it yet. Like that's that that could be a coming announcement. No, today's TWAB can't be Festival of the Lost because that's what last week's were. They're not going to do two Festival of the Lost TWABs in a row. That would be incredibly stupid. Um, <laughs> your prediction is is funny, but there's no way they're going to do Festival of the Lost two weeks in a row. Like, yeah, today we're talking about ciphers. Like that's not what people want to hear right now. I can't imagine that being it. So. We'll know very soon because they're going to be doing a sandbox TWAB and that TWAB hopefully has information about it that could touch on what we're talking about because I think that's a that's a that's a question mark in everybody's mind is number one what stasis is going to look like we are we're 10 likes away guys we need 10 more likes for 800 likes that's a, that's a big question in everybody's mind as soon as we saw that trailer for stasis and the hunter is freezing people in the crucible everyone's like um what Bungie has done stupider things I love that you tried to type that they've done stupider things and you misspelled stupider um there's just that's, that's tasty mm. but I, I would ask for an example. They've never really done that with twabs. <laughs> They've not been like, oops a daisy. <laughs> oops a daisy. We did the same twab two weeks in a row. They've actually never done that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. In, in regards to this question, they're either throwing caution to the wind and they're be like, it's going to be chaos and we're okay with that for a little while. Uh, we want to do cool stuff. You know, shout for the starts, <laughs> Stewarder. Um, or they're or they're gonna hopefully have some kind of an outline about how they're going to, um, or they're gonna have an outline about how they've sp- somehow separated the sandboxes. I'm feeling it right now, grilling hot wings, cold brew in hand, listening to you pontificate about broken exotics. <laughs> uh, Ash and Hollow. Any of these weapons you foresee being useful in endgame content, Legend Nightfall, and up. Let's go up and take a look at them. Uh, and thank you guys for 800 likes. I really appreciate it. Hitting like helps the, the, the video get recommended. And thank you again. If you hit subscribe today, thank you for that as well. Uh, no time to explain. Will, um, 
will probably not get endgame play because it's an exotic primary exotic primaries um just they just struggle right now i don't think that's going to change unless they do something along the lines of my advice which is anytime you're going into endgame content master grandmaster dungeon raid anytime you're in that kind of endgame pve content i believe that exotic primaries should get a buff so that when you go into that kind of content legendary primaries are outdone by an exotic primary so I could actually go in and be the ad control guy with a huckleberry or a no time to explain and that's the exotic I'm going to use you may use a different exotic for DPS you may use a different exotic for champions or majors but I would throw on an exotic primary because if I can maintain the ad kill uptime that we're all accustomed to, and I do that by picking an exotic primary, exotic primaries suddenly have legs in the end game. If you don't do something along those lines, exotic primaries will continue to be sidelined because they simply serve no purpose in the end game whatsoever other than ruining your loadout. As soon as you're in an environment and you got DPS thresholds to hit on a boss or challenging champions and majors to deal with, nobody is pulling out a primary exotic. You just aren't. So I don't see no time to explain getting a lot of endgame a lot of endgame play. It's unfortunate, but that's just the nature of the game right now. They apply a lot of pain and delta and difficulty in the endgame that really drives people away from exotic primaries because legendary primaries get the job done almost equally as efficient. They just do. I, they're, they're basically neck and neck. I'll use my recluse, you use your huckleberry, and let's get out a stopwatch and we'll time ad killing efficiency and you're not going to beat me. You're not. If you do, it's going to be by such a marginal amount, it won't justify me restricting my loadout. It's called um, the power exchange, the trade that you make there, it's a ripoff. Well, let me put away my Izanagis, my Anarchy, my 1K Voices, my Xenophase. Let me put this away and put on Huckleberry. Why are you doing that? What are you gaining? You're not gaining anything. You're losing so much power. You're losing so much power and gaining virtually nothing. If I give you 100 mobs to kill, Huckleberry will win. I, it will win, but it would win by such a marginal amount, you'd be, you'd, you would struggle to justify saying, well, the Huckleberry was slightly better, therefore, it's now okay for me to put away my Anarchy 1K voices, Xenophage, you know, any of the exotics we're, we're using. You have to reload where Huckleberry won't. You do understand, again, that the, 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 the reload downtime on the the recluse or any other any other smg with with good reload and good reload gauntlets you're gonna barely beat me barely and consider this is that really a pain point are those seconds of time that you're gaining in that encounter is it that is is victory that narrowly achieved that you're like oh yeah huckleberry makes all the difference in the world and also we're using one weapon comparison example what about all of the rest of the exotic primaries that's the problem the only way you disrupt that problem is if you make exotics primaries better significantly better than legendary primaries in the end game that's the only way you disrupt that 
What are you losing to have Huckleberry on? You could be putting away Izanagi's. You could be putting away Anarchy, 1K Voices, Xenophage, uh, the, 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 the Whisper. These are all impeccable weapons for damage in so many of the endgame environments. They're stellar. They're absolutely stellar. Guillotine's not a one-size-fits-all, especially when you get into the endgame. It's not a one-size-fits-all. You need something for distance. Anarchy 1K and Xeno and, and, and Izanagi's and even Whisper are all really, really strong weapons, and you're going to lose all that damage. You're going to lose all that strength. For what? Oh, I don't have to reload. You know what I mean? I think No Time to Explain will be better than other exotic primaries we got because it's essentially two people shooting ads at once with the portal. But that's only... That's only when you stack the effect to summon it. It's not there all the time. Precision hits and hits against enemies affected by stasis will return the shot to the magazine. Stack this effect to summon a portal which will fire bullets from an alternate timeline of the weapon. So I... I don't know. I, we don't even know how often you're going to be able to summon that portal. Um, so I, in 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 the grand in the grand scheme of things, I don't uh, I don't actually think that that the that the, 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 the no time to explain is going to get end game end game footing. Listen, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but ignore the no time to explain for a minute. You have to concede that exotic primaries get almost no play in the end game. They just don't. They seem like such a stupid decision, and Bungie has to figure out a way to make that not not a reality. No matter if the no time to explain becomes viable or not, I mean Outbreak's pretty viable, especially if a bunch of people run it. But other than that, they're, 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 you know, 90% of the exotic primaries in this game just get ignored because they just they do, they do not do a, a great, great job. Now, I think to answer the question, useful in endgame content, this could be, we don't know yet, this could be very useful in endgame content. Okay, What if you stun a champion or there's a major and you get these rapid precision shots? If this storm that comes on impact I mean sorry at the point of impact if that storm is a good amount of damage and you can proc it a, like twice on one target because you just keep you know what I, I don't know is it every three bullets or something uh, it could be very very useful if the rapid precision shot summoning a, a, what they're calling an entire storm if that storm is not very strong and not all that useful in endgame then cloud strike won't go anywhere it could be really really strong though it really could you could you could you could really shred through majors and champions with it. We'll have to wait and see what it does. It could be great on a boss. I mean, it could be really really good on a boss. You just don't know. If you dump literally the entire thing into a boss and you and all your teammates are using it and every rapid every rapid hit triggers a storm and it's just like storm after storm after storm after storm, it could be insane. Or it could be weak. <laughs> so, uh, the sword, the sword, as far as usefulness in the end game right now, swords don't have a lot of leg in the end game because you have to take too much risk. There's too much risk involved. Um, the real question is, are they going to be modifying champions to make you want to do this? 
It isn't that hard to run anti-barrier SMG. If they nerf the guillotine and you feel like you need to start actually popping anti-barrier shields again, it's not that hard to run an anti-barrier SMG. It isn't. Now, in endgame content, you're going to do it from far away, so that's that's irrelevant. You're not going to go into a Grandmaster and use this thing. The only way to rev the blade to take the shield is to block. I can't see anybody doing that in a Grandmaster as they're currently designed. <laughs> yeah, I got it, guys. Let me block. I'm dead. So, this thing could end up being really, really great everywhere but Grandmaster if they nerf guillotine and if it's it's actually useful to, to to proc it and do it it heals you though i don't think getting healed on doing damage is gonna is gonna change the fact that exposing yourself in grandmaster right now is like mistake number one i don't think that reality is going to get disrupted by the fact that like well if i do damage i can get i, I get healed Maybe spamming light attack and that damage. No, 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 no. We got to read that carefully. At its peak, damaging an enemy will heal the wielder. <laughs> you got to get this thing at its peak, to re- as far as like revving the blade, and that's when it'll heal you. I don't know, dude. Overshield gauntlets and this might work. It's possible. It's possible. That could be a viable strategy. I don't know. This one's more of a question mark for me. This one's a bit more of a question mark for me. The Salvation's Grip. It creates stasis crystals. You can charge it and it makes a bigger field of radius and more and uh, and the amount of crystals created if you charge it. Um I would say this is also a question mark because generally if you're going to run a grenade launcher or a heavy you're thinking along the lines of DPS. Nobody's running the, uh, nobody's running the Thunderlord for damage on a boss. You might run the Thunderlord for, you know, maybe ad control or something. Um, so does this add any kind of buff or debuff to, 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 to enemies? Does it really, really hurt if you land the whole thing on a boss? I don't know. You think Salvation's Grip is the raid weapon? Huh. I don't think so. I don't know if they would show us that and give us those kind of details. I mean, maybe. Maybe. They showed us the 1K, didn't they? Nagi. Right now, elemental weapons have no special effect depending on the element they have. Do you think that they will give legendary elemental weapons with stasis effects? Um. Like freezing. If so, do you think that they would give other elements a special effect as well. Maybe not this year, but next. We've always talked about this. Like, if you do sustain damage with solar, it could proc dot damage. If you did sustain damage with arc, it could cause uh, lightning or blinding. If you did sustain damage with void, it could cause, like, a suppression field or something, or maybe some kind of a debuff. Um, creating, uh, creating intrinsic benefits to the elements themselves, um, you know, could be pretty cool. I don't know. I mean, it's a good theory because stasis is clearly going to do that. There's clearly going to be freezing and slowing effects from stasis weapons. And then that would be like, well, is that literally the only element in the game that's going to do that? What about arc? What about void? What about solar? Um, there are, uh, there's a variety of ways this could play out. Cause I mean, whenever, whenever we're using elements right now, unfortunately they don't really have a whole lot of purpose like outside of, 
that of popping a shield. That's it. That's really all we use elements for right now in the game. You're never going to pull out like an elemental primary and be like, hey, you know what? This is so helpful for what? For what? The only thing they're helpful for is is for popping a shield quicker. And so they, I, giving them some utility and giving them intrinsic purpose would be, I think, pretty cool. Um, they could consider doing it with champions. They could consider doing it with champions. I mean, that'd be pretty, that'd be pretty nice to say, you know, maybe certain elements after so much damage automatically pop um, an overshield. Uh, I'm sorry, an anti-barrier shield. Uh, unstoppable, overload. Those automatically proc because uh, arc could be perfect for overload, right? If you do enough arc damage to an enemy, it causes overload. Um, and then void could be perfect for uh, unstoppable because it's like it's a void, it's a shove, and then solar could burn through the anti-barrier shield or something. Um, I I don't know. So overload with arc, void is unstoppable, and then solar is anti-barrier. They could do something like that, but then what do you do with what do you do with uh, stasis? What does stasis do to those to, to to the champions? But again, if they're creating three dark subclasses, they could create the three elements and have those and have six total elements and six total champions. I mean, there's a variety of ways this could play out. I don't know if they're going to get that complex and depth and in depth with it. I mean, that's a good question to pose to my theory, right? My theory that we're going to get a, a, a you know three more dark, a three total dark subclasses. Does that mean we're going to get three total new elements and six total elements in you know in the game? Stasis, poison, and I guess taken, take taken, darkness, something. I don't, I don't know. So then you'd have you'd have you'd have poison weapons, stasis weapons, and taken weapons. I, I kind of like that. Ship that. That sounds pretty good to me. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. I, I don't know. I, I truly don't. I truly don't know how they'll how they'll lay this out. If all they ever add is stasis, I think that'll be really really weird. I personally think that'll be super weird to have three light power abilities and just read just randomly for forever have just one dark subclass just cuz. Um, I don't know. Yeah, like Wither Horde is basically a taken weapon. Right? It adds that like blight stuff to the ground. What if they've already given us the breadcrumbs to what's coming with the Wither Horde and these poison things, these po- the poison gauntlets? What if they're already showing us the abilities that we're going to be harnessing in the future? They're already showing us that there will be a Taken subclass and a Poison subclass. I, I don't know. I don't know. Cold Heart wasn't really stasis, but it could have been. <laughs> Cold Heart could have gotten hijacked in design. And they're going to be like, yeah, we're not ready to add an ice subclass yet. So just turn Cold Heart into Arc. You know? I don't know. We might already have all the pieces to the puzzle. They just haven't landed it all yet. Yeah, Malfeasance is a taken weapon. Wither Horde is a taken weapon. We've had poison abilities since the Thorn. Thorn does poison damage. These gauntlets are going to do poison damage. It's in the game. If it's already in the game... Stasis could have been an idea that the Coldheart was born out of. Yeah, Monarch is poison. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I like the idea of exotics changing how our abilities work. However, I would like to see exotics add abilities. How would you make exotics... How would you make exotics more interesting? Well, 
I actually have agreed with I agree with you and what I used to say it would be cool if exotics did something in the game right now that's obviously changing but we have attunements right and I thought it'd be cool if the exotic would literally add like an extra diamond or an extra square to your attunement so you'd pick way of a thousand cuts and you got like the four squares and the diamond and it, it would add like a fifth diamond off to the side so it would it would it would augment or change your um it would augment or change your your attunement it would make it it would make it different i thought i, I thought that would be pretty cool um so i agree with you but since we're moving away from that we're moving away from that they could do something along the lines of um saying okay this is going to add a fragment slot or an, or or an aspect slot this is going to add another uh, this is going to add a fragment. You don't even need the fragment. It just adds it. It just gets listed in there and it has like a gold outline or something. Um, that could be pretty cool too. There's a variety of ways they could do this. I do like the idea of the exotic augmenting or changing something you already have or as you're suggesting, it actually adds a new ability as opposed to changing an existing one. Vason, do you suppose people are underestimating the amount of content coming in Beyond Light? They are showing us all these exotics a month before the update. I'm speculating there's still more to show. You and I are in agreement. Essentially, I make a conditional statement. So that so listen carefully to how I make this statement, okay? If this is all they have to show us, this is way too early to show it to us. Do you understand the logic of the statement? Like what I'm essentially saying is if Bungie's looking at all the marketing and all the things they can show us and they're like, this is it. This is the most we have. Then it's way too early to show this to us. I think us seeing this stuff this early points to the fact that there is way more to say. I'm not saying that it's early because it's actually not early. Typically, we get this kind of information in the summer. So it's actually not early in the traditional sense, but since it has been delayed and people are concerned like this is all they have to show us, my pushback is if this is all they have to show us, they wouldn't have shown it to us this early. You can't go up from here, can you? What are you going to show us in the coming weeks then to maintain hype, to maintain intrigue, to, to maintain interest? You, you, you shot your shot and you got nothing left. You're going you're gonna to lose people very, very quickly. So I cannot see this being more than what I'm hoping is the tip of the iceberg or it's to whet our appetite. That's that's my hope. What are you going to show us for the next four weeks if this is the bulk of what we're getting? I don't know. It, it seems really early to do that because then we're going to spend the rest of the weeks being like, there's no more. This is it. That's it. That trailer thing we got forever ago, that was that was the bulk of what we're getting? Why'd you do what, what on earth? Everything else is going to seem kind of boring. It'll be... Um, It'll feel somewhat overshadowed by it. Um, Matt Ben, do you think the new Hunter's Blink having the reload perk with like the current dodge would be possible? Would it make it overpowered? Well, they've not really said that it's going to take away like reloading, but I would think since you have two types of dodge, um, one for melee, one for reload. This is supplanting dodge entirely, so it will not be reloading. If you wanted me to make a prediction right now, that would be my prediction. Is that no, it will not reload your weapon. You're you're losing that functionality to gain another piece of functionality, and that is 
the fact that you you literally you know freaking teleport and disappear you, you teleport and and you and you cloak I got what was it uh, cloak or whatever they don't really call it cloak um, what do they call it uh, <laughs> they call it um, oh they do call it cloak my bad yeah temporarily cloaks the wearer during use I was thinking I was borrowing cloak from like Star Trek Star Wars or something um, yeah they do call it cloak so. Eknor. Looking at this loot table, this looks more like seasonal loot. If we compare it to Forsaken, raid loot is missing, but do you think it is enough after sunsetting? No vendor and Iron Bear refresh. I actually don't know about the vendors. They've not necessarily given us a strong answer about vendors. Right? Are, are, are there new Gambit guns? Are there new Vanguard guns? Are there new Crucible guns? They, they've not They've not said. They, we, we have no idea if, if, uh, if those pools are getting an update. They haven't said. I, as I just said moments ago, I don't think this is it. Because if they don't have more to show us, if this is the bulk, they would have waited. It's kind of like you, it's kind of like the expression maybe applies here, saving the best for last, right? You, you, you save the best for last. You would save the, the big, the big bomb drop for the end. You wouldn't drop it now and then spend the next four weeks coasting. That would that, that to me would seem weird, uh, personally. You don't have to refresh vendors if you destroy their planets. <laughs> yeah. Most people think of vendors, they think of Vanguard, Crucible, and Gambit, though. Um, I think Bungie is doing the right thing by taking a leap with some of these exotics and giving them insane perks. Do you feel exotics have been underwhelming and do you agree with my point above? Thanks 4K Manning uh, with, for this question. Uh, do you feel exotics have been underwhelming? I think a lot of the exotic primaries have been underwhelming because of the power exchange we talked a little bit ago. I think a lot of the exotic armor pieces have had very, very specific functions that tend to not matter. There are exotic. Is it? Let me let me phrase it another way. Is the problem that exotic armor has been underwhelming, or that there were some that there were so unbelievably good, it was you couldn't justify using anything other than uh, Orpheus rig, Phoenix protocol, Skull of the Dire Ahamkara, pre-nerf shards, pre-nerf skull, um, you know, Nezerax, um, uh, Saint fourteen, one-eyed mask. Uh, I'm, I'm just rattling them off here. There, there are some exotics that are so insanely useful and helpful and good you it's you don't really think about the other ones like, nobody was running you know the um, nobody was running well of radiance and being like let's see here should I run Phoenix protocol or um, sun bracers no you're gonna run Phoenix protocol right? You're not going to run that super without Phoenix, if you have Phoenix, by the way. I think that's one of maybe the problems. A lot of exotics seem underwhelming because some seem like automatic choices uh, in in certain circumstances. Obviously, Worm Husk and One-Eyed Mask and Antius Wards and some certain certain ones are just no-brainers for uh, PvP. But again, I think that's part of the issue is some of them just seem to be literally the only choice for certain activities and certain things because they're so strong so um 
And you're asking if I'm doing the right, if, do I think they're doing the right thing by taking a leap with these? I mean, I said in my video, it's good to see something fresh and new and kind of crazy, so yeah. Uh, Joel, you mentioned we need more elemental-focused exotics in the past. I don't know if I've said that. Uh, and we're finally seeing that with no time and stasis reloading it. Uh, do class-specific weapon exotics have a place in D2 Year 4? I have simply said we. I want a, a return of elemental primaries. I don't think I've said elemental-focused exotics. I've said also elemental primaries would allow them to lean into elemental perks, which I think there's a lot more freedom and creativity that you can get into with elemental perks to move away from damage and reload perks. So I don't know if I've ever actually said, I think you might be misquoting me a little bit here. I don't know if I've ever actually said we need more elemental focus exotics. Um, you know, class specific weapons, I don't like. I went to show somebody today Throne Cleaver and I couldn't do it because I was on my hunter and it was it's a titan, uh, you know, sword. I'm actually not a fan of that. I don't like it. I don't think there's enough loot in the game to waste loot on one class. If you're a hunter and they add a bunch of stuff to the game and there's two or three, you know, weapons you can't even use, it makes sense for armor to be like, no, you're a hunter. You can't wear the Helm of Saint-14. That makes sense. But being like, no, you're a hunter. You can't use this awesome exotic shotgun or this awesome exotic rocket launcher. Uh, uh, That doesn't, that just... It just doesn't jive with me. It doesn't. I'm like, I don't like that. I, 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 a weapon should just be usable across the board. Because here's what inevitably ends up happening. Okay, Mediocrity is the result. If you're going to make an exotic that only titans can use, it can't be absurd. It can't be amazing. Why? It would be really, really imbalanced in the Crucible. It would even be imbalanced in PvE to a certain degree. So you end up with a mediocre weapon. And people are going to be like, oh, Tlaylock, Tlaylock. Oh, come on. It wasn't that good. And the auto rifle for the Titan was garbage. And I forget what the Hunter's was. Um, so I think your result, I think you just end up with mediocrity because you can't have the weapon be truly amazing and truly exotic because only one third of the classes can use it. And I I end up feeling like that's a that's a mistake. That's not the, uh, that's not the right call. So... That's my thought on, on exotics for specific classes. I feel like I'm the only one who sees this, but Cloud Strike is basically Outbreak as a sniper rifle that does Thunderlord's perk instead of Nanites. Won't this be considered power creep only for Outbreak? No, it won't be considered power creep because it's a sniper and not a primary. So you're comparing different class of weapons. You've gone up the hierarchy of weapon power. So the sniper can arguably I, I I think it should be stronger than than the outbreak because it's not a pulse rifle with endless amounts of ammo it's a sniper with limited ammo reserves uh, limited ammo in the mag and uh, and a re- and a reload that we don't know how quick it will quick it will be so this is actually totally allowable this would be like saying um Man, that new grenade, exotic grenade launcher is is uh, is stronger than the fighting lion. Well, of course it is. The fighting lion is an energy weapon, a secondary weapon, and this new grenade launcher is a heavy. Uh, so I you I don't think the comparison really stands here. It should man, it better be stronger for Pete's sakes. It's a sniper. I'm not going to use an exotic sniper if it's on par with an exotic primary. That wouldn't make any sense. How dare you disparage my Tlaylock? <laughs> LL Brood uh, with another one. It seems to me that Salvation's Grip is most likely to be the raid exotic out of the weapons we've seen. Would you agree or disagree? Um, That's the grenade launcher. May I also say it's being used in the Deep Stone Crypt, which is where the raid is located. 
I mean, I don't know where I land on this. They did show us the 1K voices ahead of time, and they talked about it, and it ended up being the raid exotic. So, it if the raid is in the Deep Stone Crypt, okay, and I look at the design art elements of this, this looks like it was built in the Braytech Labs that we see. I see tubing. I see things back here that look like canisters, similar to some of the moving robot uh, autom- auto uh, automaton mechanical machines and stuff that we saw. Um, this feels very much like it was built in the Exobray facility. So I think that gives credence. Uh, that gives credence to your theory. If in fact the raid is in the Deepstone Crypt, this looks like it was it was there. One K voice is clearly like something like Hivish, you know. Also, so it kind of made sense. Um, oh yeah, they showed Zeno as well, didn't they? Um, so yeah, I actually think this is a pretty good prediction um, that this is this is the the raid exotic. Um, the more I look at this, the more I think that's 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 probably an accurate prediction. Um, it's also it's also the only exotic that's doing a stasis attack. Uh, the others are not doing stasis attacks. They're, you know, uh, they're where they're being photographed too. You see like these things look like they're out in the open, you know, and then this looks almost like creepy, scary. Who knows what that symbol is behind it? You know, also the name salvation script. Yeah. If you remember the end cutscene with the pyramid guy being like, I'm, we're not your friend. We're not your enemy. We're your salvation. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad prediction. I think there's I think there's enough here to to make that prediction. Not necessarily a conclusion, but a but a guess. Um last Kokui, with Stasis getting no armor or exotics right now, do you think with exotics shown changing abilities and the new subclasses system coming into Stasis, Bungie is hesitant to make exotics for it until we play with the subclasses? This could be one of those times they um they don't want to turn too many knobs, you know? Yeah, the sword also looks like it was made in the Braytech facility. That's true. Um, similar, you know, similar uh, wiring and, and canisters and stuff. That's also true. Similar symbology on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, they might not want to turn too many knobs at once. They're turning the knobs of adding uh, a brand new subclass. Not just a brand new subclass, but a brand new system with respect, with respect to the aspects and the fragments. And they might not want to also have exotics that that augment, change, or update stasis subclasses. That could be coming later. Yeah, I think it's a decent prediction as to their motivation, because um, we're getting an exotic for for Dawnblade. You know, uh, this is actually changing an existing subclass, making it better. So that could be that there are stasis exotics on the way, maybe in the other seasons. Give us a season with just a subclass itself. And also, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these exotics will work on any of them. Like you can use this poison one if you're in a stasis subclass. Uh, the throwing knife one is another one specific to an existing subclass. But shift is not. Uh, the healing aura is not, and the overshield icefall mantle is not. So all of these can be used on stasis subclasses. So it's not like you put on stasis and you're like, there's no sub, there's no exotics for me to use. You know, Akuta Papa. What if it's Mara giving us the last dark power? You see Mara versus Savathun and Aldrin comes back to Lightfall. No, I think we're getting our dark subclasses from 
the stranger Eris and Drifter. I think the stranger is, they've already said is giving us um, is is giving us is teaching us and and there she is the catalyst to stasis and I think Eris is the catalyst to whatever hive poison power we get. I mean, look at her; she's green and has a glowing green stone, and her green stone can like absorb abilities. And then it just kind of makes sense that Drifter. Do you hear what he says during the contact public event? He goes, those aren't my taken. Excuse me? What? My taken? Excuse me? Those aren't my taken. I don't know. I think we're, I think we learned something from him too. Dark dark taken subclass from Drifter. Um, I think that just makes sense. I can't see it being Mara. I think Mara is more ethereal now and she'll play a part, but I don't think that's the part she's going to play. So... He's had taken since Gambit, though. Yeah, and he's constantly dr- grabbing their power and putting into a canister, and that canister is sitting in the tower. What do you think he's doing with that? Maybe studying it? Maybe trying to, maybe trying to, I don't know, give us weapons or abilities to go fight something? I don't know. I think there's something going on there with him. When he says to Eris at the end of the prophecy dungeon, light, he's like, light, dark, it don't matter. And she says something about the Vanguard. And he's like, the Vanguard ain't here. You're like, whoa. He clearly, he doesn't see a difference between light and dark. And he doesn't care what the Vanguard thinks. I, he seems like a much more likely candidate to, treat, to teach us a dark power uh, than, than Mara. So, uh, last Kokomi. Hey, again, with the trailer, we see armor exotics changing the way we play with changing class abilities. Do you think Bungie will take more of this route with the future exotics? We've already had this question. Um, and how do you feel the route will interact with the new subclass system? Yeah, we've already had this question about how there could be exotics that literally add a fragment or add an aspect. Uh, and uh, and then, yeah, and the changing of the abilities we've already kind of commented on. Lono, do you believe the Hunter and Titan exotic helmets, uh, Precious Scars, and Mask of Bacris are to help mitigate the frustrations of unpreventable deaths in Crucible? Uh, you know, tame the rage. That's not why they make uh, items in this game. I don't. I don't think they sit down and that's their that's their theory. First and foremost, Precious Scars has nothing to do with unpreventable deaths. Like, if you're that dumb and you're going for a res, like with love in my heart, if you're playing dumb, you're playing dumb. Like, if you go for a bad res and you both die, you made a bad choice. The resing timing strategy and trials, there's an art form to it. Um, You got to do it at the right time. And I think it should be difficult to get a res. If you're going to bring back somebody who has been killed, it shouldn't be easy. Uh, and to your second one, Mask of Bacris. I don't think Mask of Bacris is going to help mitigate frustrations or unpreventable deaths any more than uh, um, Wormhusk already does. Every nine seconds I can heal myself and disappear with Wormhusk. So I don't necessarily think that's a problem right now for Hunters. Hunters rule the Crucible in many respects, and Wormhusk is one of the reasons. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Um, so... But this is a great Q&A today. Listen, if you're here live, we're going to keep on streaming and keep having good conversations. We're even going to do, if there's enough people that want to do it, a VIP call-in session, which means you can actually call in and talk to me live on the air. We have 836 likes. If we can roll that over to 900 likes, that really helps out this video getting recommended. Sometimes at the end of Q&A, people leave. If you're on your way out, make sure you're subscribed. 
make sure you're hitting the like button i'd love for you to stick around maybe partake in some vip call-ins maybe click the join button and pick vip and then hop in the discord talk to me on the air or you can click click the join button and just do a tier one the the, all i really truly ask you to do is to make sure you're subscribed and you've hit the like button and uh, we'll keep on streaming i'll do a little outro for those listening to the recording i appreciate you listening in the other locations as always you can watch live at say no to rage.com and as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the VIP call-in session following my Beyond Light Weapons and Gear trailer as well as the website landing page sort of review. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platforms, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. We do these live streams Monday through Friday. If you want to come and partake, you can click the join button on YouTube or go to sntrpresents.com. To pick between the Patreons. Um, and we were having a discussion before this about VIP fight night, because this is a VIP call-in, and I think you're making a good point too, Weezy, is if you die in Fall Guys, you just kind of sit there. Among us, you can kind of uh, still help. That is true. Uh, that's that's a good point. So, alright, coming to you Light Leap, uh, first caller of the two today. What did you want to talk about? Well, I'm calling in from my comfortable place in the Firewall Haunted Forest. Uh, waiting until the time runs out to, you know, use my riches that I gathered and hard grinding from ciphers. Um, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> and also, just at this point, there is these salty tears. I mean, not from me. I'm kind of happy, but um, yeah, Bungie just patched the Spire of Stars chest glitch, mm-hmm. and I just Bungie. Something. I mean, I can understand that they needed to pitch. This is a whole D2 PC LFG Discord was basically giving out checkpoints. I mean, it's still probably a minuscule part of the community, but I, I think they saw what they were going on. I think they should have just first communicated something about a fix of the drop rate, because now it's this time, you know, they took time to fix this, but people, you know, the rest who want to play legit still are waiting for an answer whether the drop weights will even be buffed, you know? I think I think that was what do you think i think i think they misfired a little bit with patching this anytime they stop something that's benefiting the player before fixing something that's frustrating the player i feel like that's a mistake um the damage is done people were doing the checkpoint thing and getting ciphers right don't don't worry about that now they could have announced at the end of the twab tonight hey we understand people were doing this checkpoint thing on Spire of Stars. We're going to be implementing a fix that will no longer work. That fix is going to hit on Tuesday. The other thing that will happen on Tuesday is we're going to make it a lot easier for you to get ciphers so you won't feel the need to do this. That's the kind of communication I think that hits the right tone. Uh, ghost ghost nerfing or ghost fixing something that people are taking advantage of because your drop rate is freaking bad, broken, bugged, whatever. I just think it, you just end up ticking people off. I, it, it, what's 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 the why not wait a couple of days it it was like when they they kind of slammed down the portcullis on the not the afk farming but going and getting uh powerful rewards a chance of getting powerful rewards from armor focus umbrals why not let that run for a week and just let people cash in on it and then say we are going to be fixing this after a week instead of being like, no, it doesn't work anymore. And it's like, oh, well, everybody that got in while the getting was good leveled up really, really fast because umbrals were leveling up your armor, which is always a pain point because your guns are usually higher because they get passed person to person. So 
This is another one of those situations where I'm just like, what? your your entire event just fell on its face, and no one can get these stupid ciphers to 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 actually open these awesome five chests at the end of the haunted forest, and then people find a way to maximize their turnover rate like what are you going to do next are you going to make them not drop in nightmare hunts because people can run a nightmare hunt every minute and a half and that's that might be close to what people how many um how often was it how often were you getting a chance at a cypher by doing this cheese was it was it about was it faster than a minute and a half uh yeah i mean i i I think the drop rates from the raid is must be 50 percent because that's what it felt like I, I, I got one almost every other time. So basically, you'd load in. If everybody has a good connection, you start loading in immediately. Fireteam leader leaves. Everybody loads in at the same time. Yeah, it took like a minute. And okay. then you just rejoin back on the person with the host. So, so every ni- two minutes, a cypher, basically. Okay. So nightmare hunts might not have a good drop rate, but nightmare hunts can be run in roughly a minute and a half to two minutes, which isn't that far off from the number of chances you were getting. It's just that the drop rate might be better in the raid because of the nature of the uh, what like the content that you're in. Um, so it's like, what do you, is that the next course of action too? Is to be like, well, we don't we're not going to have ciphers dropping in in nightmare hunts because people are grinding those. Like this is where you have to ask the question what's the point of this event this event is just meant to be a fun halloween event where we go play a piece of content that only shows up once a year and people are spending a disordinate amount of time not in the haunted forest and not getting these guns these guns which aren't even that great by the way i was running the braytech werewolf in the public space and it doesn't even feel that good but it's something to do (laughs) it's something to do um you know, and getting a god roll is nice because you never know. They might drop sandbox notes for year four and that archetype of auto rifle gets a nice buff and maybe those weapons end up being pretty decent for your your first week of gameplay, grind, campaign, whatever uh, in Beyond Light. But, you know, all you're doing is is now the, the few people that are actually getting the ciphers and actually going for the triumph or whatever are not even able to do it because you brought the you know the the guillotine clanging down which again they could have said tonight in the twab hey we understand folks are doing this we're going to be patching that on tuesday and when we do that we're going to try to you know give you you know viable legitimate options uh for grinding for them as opposed to doing something that is so anti-gameplay um and they they haven't said anything there's been not a single tweet from I'm not seeing anything from the CMs from Bungie Help. Uh, I'm not seeing anything. I, there's no not tweets. They, yeah, not since they said they're looking into it. Yeah. So you're not even confirming that you've done it. It just kind of happened quietly, which honestly makes it worse because <laughs> it's just like, can you talk to us here? All you've said on and and also you've not even tweeted it. It was a Reddit comment that you're looking into it or a reddit thread or a forum i don't even know where that was they're, they're looking into it um thanks i guess like what what have you discovered do you have a plan of action are we gonna have to wait until the twab to find out whatever update you're pushing out on tuesday and in the meantime you go snurf the checkpoint um i don't know uh apparently i mean the entire pc lfg is saying they lost their checkpoint so i mean i know gritter Gritter is saying he's going to test it, but I, there's no way, there's no way uh, that it works. And I, part of me wonders if the chain of command is just pretty busted right now. Like maybe with working from home, they're struggling to get chain of command stuff, uh, you know, pushed out. And that, and that's that's part of it. Um, 
that maybe they have to be like they have to get approval if they're going to say anything and maybe that's part of the problem right now is they can't get approval maybe it takes too long I mean that might be why we're it's like why wouldn't you just send out a little tweet saying hey for those of you using Spire Stars checkpoint we're, we're clearing checkpoints because that's not how we envision people doing it um and to to do it and not say anything, I just that it, it really does kind of blow my mind that they did that. <laughs> yeah, I think honestly, I, I wonder if this whole currency thing is because I mean, I know people want to earn cool cosmetics, but wouldn't it be just cooler if these were drops randomly from the chest, and all you had to do is there's six chests in the end. You clear six branches, you can open all six of them. I think six is reasonable for the matchmaking, and you could just stay in the activity and play, and then there's a small chance of the ghost, the sparrow, or the ship dropping, right? Um, I, I think, and and let's say they would drop, uh, there'd be it would be small chance, but uh, it would be exclu- uh, exhaustively. So if you get one, you you can't get a duplicate, right? You could just stay in there and grind. It's a three week event, and you know, people are saying, yeah, but that might get dull. I think then iterate on the Haunted Forest. We're, this is the same thing it's been for three years. Why not Why not make like some experiment with, with fun modifiers that switch up after every branch, right? Let's say at one, you have iron, but you also have like a mayhem thing uh, where, where your super regenerates all the time and you, you, you can clear through a bench only with supers, right? stuff that keep it fresh make something small to the event and just let us stay in there and grind and and get rid of these exotics for the stupid triumphs where people just want to get all of the currency as quickly as possible to complete it i don't know to me this is like so obvious and yet every time we have problem like this with a currency or something yeah i mean because they well they never said it was a problem but it did also feel like the currency was a little strangled at the beginning of this season and then everybody was uh, AFK forging and then everybody was nightmare hunt because it was literally the fastest way to get the what was the currency called was it the umbral I forget what the currency was called um, that we were all grinding for it was like the little the little Doritos the altered element um, you know the altered element was it was so hard it seemed like I had way more, I had way more of the umbrals than I ever had of the altered element, and so it felt disproportionate. They never said anything about that, though. That was just something that we were obviously responding to not getting enough of, yeah, the little pizza slices. Like, we weren't getting enough of the pizza slices. So it's like, we we go to the path of least resistance, and this is a problem anytime you put a currency as a, as a bottleneck to loot turnover this is what people are going to do oh there's a currency to focus umbrals woof they go to afk forges woof they go and they do nightmare hunts why you just added a bottleneck to currency turnover so we're going to find the path of least resistance oh i need ciphers to open up the five chests at the end of the haunted forest even if they were dropping generously from pubs patrols lost sectors or strikes i still think people would have found this out and done it because it would end up be, it would end up being faster um, now maybe not. I mean, maybe any time something gets completed, it would drop. So your best bet would be literally do patrols while waiting for a pub. So you could get arguably you could get three and then a fourth or a fifth from one one normal or heroic pub, and then go run haunted forest. Um, and why? I know, 
Well, why, why, why not let us sustain the activity? That's what I don't understand. I would say have it be both, actually. I was going to say that when you were saying that people would get burned out. You should be able to earn them while you're in there, but if you get burned out, you should be able to just go do other stuff as well and still get them. Like, if you just feel like shaking it up and doing pubs or strikes or other milestones, they should also be um, dropping there as well. So, I, I think it's a both and. I don't think it should force you out of the activity. I don't think it should be only achievable in the activity no no but you don't understand if if well in my from my point of view just remove the cyphers altogether just let you you let just let the player open the chest because oh, in your version you, they still have to they still have to play the haunted forest right you just make right. them grind for for the currency outside and in my opinion there's no really a chance of them burning i don't know i think it's this afraid of players burning out, let them burn out. I, I think uh, you said that many times also. Mm-hmm. Players will leave the game eventually, and either they leave happy or unhappy, right? Leave them, right. Let them leave happy. Just let them play the Haunted Forest until they have all the ship and Sparrow, and if they do it in a two days by grinding the Haunted Forest for 20 hours straight until, like, I don't know, they can't sit up from their chair anymore. Right. Whatever. They'll be like, cool, I'm done with that, you know? I don't know. Like, to to me, that seems like a better solution than than this 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 currency stuff, and and especially this checkpoint less grind on the on the triumphs. Yeah, I mean, I think that the only reason I would have been okay with the currency dropping in there or outside of there is you make people feel like something's happening in the game world even if they're not in the haunted forest. So as long as it's dropping generously everywhere, it wouldn't really affect anything you would still basically be able to end a a normal, an average to above average Haunted Forest run and you'd be able to open up all five because, I don't know, just make them drop from the boss. So as long as you get to wave five in the Haunted Forest, you're good to go. You can open up all five. And then if I decide to take a break from the Haunted Forest, I'm still getting ciphers from wherever else I'm going because that just kind of gives the game a feel. It's like the candy dropping everywhere. And I'm like, oh, I got like 20 or 25 uh, ciphers. Let's go run. You know, let's go. Let's go in there, um, and and pop the chest a couple times. It, you don't have to do it that way. I just do think there is a benefit to sometimes creating uh, a feel in the game during these events, and I don't necessarily have a problem with what you're saying. Or somebody in chat a little bit ago said, "Why not just have them drop from the bosses? Just have the guns drop from the bosses." So when you get to wave nine, you know you had nine chances for it to drop, and if it's a healthy drop rate. You could end with, you know, four or five guns dropping after it's all said and done. And now you have an actual invested interest. Of, I'm sorry, a vested interest in playing the Haunted Forest right and killing the bosses. Like, and loot popping out of a boss is more exciting than a freaking chest anyway. Like, I agree. That's a good idea, yeah. Because if you can just open the five chests, people would AFK it, which is stupid. And that because it's faster to AFK because you're not getting this, t- you know, time doesn't get frozen. So I'd, I would put them in the bosses. I, and I said this when they had the horror story. I said, why wouldn't you do three weeks, three weapons, and during each week, that boss drops the weapon. And if you don't get the one you want, then you could have some other way of maybe trying to get it to drop or something. But like, that could be cool too. Like each boss has a chance to drop one of the weapons over the other so they could have had the Braytech, the horror story and then they could have since those are reskins they could have added one or two more and i don't know there's four or five bosses each of them have a chance of dropping so you have a vested interest in actually going and killing the bosses not afking yeah i agree with that 100 percent. i still I, just to give perspective in the 45 chests i opened i got like 15 guns mm-hmm 
So that's that's not really a big turnover in my opinion. Also, for people are actually grinding for the ciphers, that's terrible. <laughs> it takes a yeah. long time for like 10, 15, and 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 I think two, I got like two in my vault that are usable so far. Yeah, I mean, even um, if they make the drop rate of the ciphers really, really good, the guns. I mean, I had somebody in chat yesterday say they did it at eleven. I had somebody else say that they had fifteen. They had popped fifteen, and they only got one gun. So, like, the drop rate can actually be pretty bad too on the guns. They just didn't get any. Yep, it can be. Yeah, um, I still think yeah. There, there's this magic mission, but I also think an important part of it is also iterate on the event. I understand Beyond Light would be here now, and they were all busy with this now. But next year, I would like to at least see some other modifiers. Something maybe the mask, new mask mods. Something. I mean, they have it now. Why not put like a little bit of effort into to making the, the like every branch feel a little different, right, from the right. other? Yeah. Well, moving on to the exotics. I don't know. I've been I've been speaking a long time. There's somebody else coming, and the, you know, we already talked yesterday about what I think about the um what that worries me. So we're gonna see that in the twop. So I'll I'll just keep that for another day. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, coming to you, Gilly, in the mist. Let me unmute you. There you go. Yeah, there's uh, only two things I want to talk about. Um, to, to piggyback off this, um, I, I don't understand what's the point of being so generous with the chests. Like, I don't, I can't remember the last event we've had where you can unlock six chests. They're, they're like, hey, you can get six chests per run. But the thing you need to unlock, it's incredibly stingy. It seems backward and and counterproductive to present an opportunity to get six pieces of loot, mm-hmm. but you can only unlock two of them. Well, the Verdant Forest let us open five chests, but I don't think there was any specific drops that could drop when you were in there. If you killed the five bosses... You could open five chests in Verdant, but I don't think there was any specific drops for that. Thank you, uh, David, for the $2 tip through Super Chat. So, but no, I agree with you. It does feel convoluted to be like, there's five chests, and a lot of times you can't open them. And even if you can't open all of them, you're going to get like one gun, maybe. Um, uh, yeah. And the other thing is, there's little incentive to run to Branch 10. Like, I can pretty easily uh, get to Branch 10 just in a solo queue because I'm trying pretty hard with, you know, Recluse and a grenade launcher and, mm-hmm. and mods and a build. But there's no incentive. I mean, at, when you're at 10, you're at three negative modifiers. You're at you're at a pretty heavy, you know, a pretty heavy disadvantage. And there's no loot incentive to try that hard. Um, it's just... Is as you can see, it's easy to just sit and AFK it. It's faster. It takes less work. It's more efficient. Like that should not be how these seasonal events should be should be planned. They should be planned that this is supposed to be fun, and the work you put in gets you more loot out. Loot, fun, cheap, easy loot. To in the in the driest period, arguably Destiny has had. We're all waiting for something. We're all looking for something to do. And this event doesn't shower us with worthless loot. Like it, it's just stingy. Well, and right now the the the, the archetype of the auto rifle isn't even that appealing. And I agree with you. The if if you're gonna if you're going to if you're going to look at the event and how it's organized, 
there should be an intrinsic motivation to clear the waves. There, there just should be. Like, why am I going up to level 10? Why am I going all the way uh, up to, you know, the, the, the upper, sort of the upper echelons of uh, of how how the, the forest itself works? Because at the end of the day, the wave-based combat always, I think, that's always the question. Why am I going to go through the pain of going up higher and higher and higher and higher in these, in these waves if there's no actual loot incentive? Um, you know, because I, th- I think making it required for the chest to appear and then every after, after wave five, you make the five chest appear. Six through ten adds a drop rate buff to each chest. So your goal really is to get to level ten. I mean, we got to nine today with a random. Um, I think that'd be a good setup as well. So nobody even thinks about AFKing it. You'd be stupid. You wouldn't get the five chests, and you wouldn't get the drop rate buff. Uh, David with a ten. I'm sorry, twenty dollar tip through super chat. They should have added faction weapons with the event. Thank you for the twenty dollar super chat. I would love for faction weapons and factions to come back. I don't know if this is the time to do it. But I do know people would love to see factions return. Um, thank you again for the $20 tip. I, I would say factions could return and be their own thing without the need um, to you know, jam it into uh, something like this. Like jamming it into a, a, uh, a, a holiday event. Bungie Help has tweeted... We developed a fix that will drastically increase cipher decoder drop rates from completing activities throughout the game. We continue to monitor the situation to determine if further fixes necessary. Players may need to restart their game to receive the update. Well, we will test this like right now on stream. I will close the game. I will reset Steam, and uh, we will uh, we'll give that a test. They literally just tweeted that, so we'll we'll take a crack at it um, and see if it fi- if it's better. Yeah, I'll be hopping on after this. Uh, the only other thing I want to talk about um, in, is in the trailer. Um, I don't know if you saw my message, um, but you don't have to show it now since it's getting ready to just, uh, log on. Um, at 1.10 in the trailer, just after they show us the new uh, Warlock, uh, Dawn, Dawnbreak, I think that's the new, I don't know the, the Warlock supers that well, uh, the new exotic for that, and they show him coming up and lighting a champion on fire somewhere mm-hmm. in the EDZ or in the in the Cosmodrome. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's in the new Saber Strike. If that's in open world, I'm very interested to know where that sits in the open world. Is that yeah. a public event? Are we getting a new public event? Are it, are we going to have roaming champions? Are they going to build something like like well that they had in D1 where you could go and you could see higher enemy and en- like higher tier enemies open in the world. You could go and see I don't know if they, I don't remember D1 very well, but you could go and fight enemies that had swords in the open space if you weren't leveled. If that's yeah. something they see, I'm I'm kind of excited for that, but I also am skeptical on how that will feel with a lot of other people because I'm even in matchmate events, champions don't really sit all that well with the the lower echelon of players. If you just like to get on a play, you're not going to run this mod. Um, so I I see this having a lot of potential, but I could also see this as being a major pitfall if not done well in the public area yeah and it could be a campaign mission as well I was thinking it looked like it was back you remember the campaign mission where we went back to that room and had to like protect it or whatever um it could be it could be a campaign mission 
because we go back to that one area and you have to like protect that room and mm-hmm. they uh, they I think I think when they did that like there were knights getting dropped off by the hive ships and we were kind of like pinned in and you know shooting through the door was kind of how that, that that one went and I I remember kind of enjoying that I thought it was pretty you know pretty cool um so I mean that it could be a campaign mission I would feel like there would need to be some level of campaign story something on the Cosmodrome like why are we going back there I I would feel like they would do some level of an update um to missions on the planet or introductory missions that explain why we're why why we're going there um I don't think they're just going to be like, yeah, you were on the EDZ again just because we feel like it. I think there's going to be a story drive to go there. Yeah, the last array mission. That's right. So there could be missions that take us back to all those uh, all those areas. And in the process of going to those areas, we're uh, we're encountering champions and stuff. Because if it's if if they're putting champions in the open world space, my only feedback would be you know, are we going to be more empowered to engage with champions? Cause it was a huge headache in sundial. And obviously I think guillotine has sort of lulled us into a sleep about how frustrating the champions would actually be in contact public event. If guillotine didn't exist, I think a lot of people overlook that. Um, I joked, I joked this morning. I, you know, I had somebody actually, I just got a cipher for my very first patrol. So, uh, let's just keep it going. Let me do another patrol and we'll see. Um, if it's if it's this dramatic, then this is going to be one of the better grinds. Is to literally do patrols while waiting for a pub. Um, so, um, so they increase drop rates. So we're going to kind of test it out and see what it looks like. I'm I I happen to think if it drops from literally everything you do, patrols while waiting for a pub is going to be one of the best grinds because you can complete them so fast. Uh, you know, but you can do two or three patrols. Especially if anybody wants to join me, we can we can kind of double dip. Like one person can be making sure they work on the pub while I work on patrols. So that could be cool if they're in the open space. I would say though, anytime they're going to do that, you know, maybe there's an activity on the EDZ. Maybe that's why you saw a champion. Maybe they're actually putting an activity on the EDZ, and it's not just a uh, a pub event or something. Yeah, I don't I don't think they fit well in story missions. Um, I think the majority of people who who really get a lot out of the campaign. Uh, a lot of people just play pretty casually. The story is a pretty big deal to them, you know. They like playing for the story, and it's fun, like any other campaign. And I don't think forcing them in the current system, I don't think that would be a good idea. Um, obviously, well, we have to see how it updates. Well, and Bungie has said before in the past that they they like to make campaigns pretty accessible pretty easy so that everybody can just kind of enjoy it because people are always like man the campaign was so easy and they're like yeah that's kind of by design we don't actually make the campaigns particularly difficult uh, for a reason Um, so I mean that 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 could be that could be part of your thought process is right that there wouldn't be champions in a story mission because story missions and campaign are meant to be super laid back so the one thing I could see happening is if we were to actually get a difficulty modifier on our campaign. Like, if you load up Beyond Light and you go to the Cosmodrome and there's a reason, or you even play the Europa missions and it gives you an option to play at, a, well, 1060, or maybe you can play at um, 1100 or another one at, you know, 1200, to actually, so you can consistently level in the campaign and you can play, if you want to, you can play it at Delta. 
I think that would be a very good way to expand replayability of the campaign by giving us a difficulty modifier. People, I think people would love that. I I'm always I'm always banging on the drum of uh, difficulty settings always because I feel like Bungie gets more capital out of what they build and I know I reference Minecraft Dungeons a lot and it's a little bit of a different game but the idea is simple that you build areas and you build you know enemies and stuff and fights and you get more capital out of it if you create good difficulty spectrum I happen to think that the current sort of grandmaster difficulty spectrum is a little forced and not all that polished but it's in it's on the right track that you know the further up you go the harder it gets the further up you go the better rewards get um i think that is that's exactly on the right mark of what we're what we're thinking i just want to be a little less uh ham-fisted and a little bit more nuanced because it doesn't really feel like it fits right now um in the grand scheme of content it wouldn't have to be something you know, something super serious about making modifiers for the campaign. I mean, a, a simple light delta and, and maybe a single modifier or two, I think would be pretty, pretty fair difficulty addition for the people who are looking to play a little more than just wipe the floor. Cause you can, you do that now sometimes in the story missions, you can just wipe the floor with stuff. And you're like, this isn't innovative content. Cause I've done this everywhere. And I feel sometimes I could, that can make content that isn't really all that bad kind mm-hmm. of gray. And you're like, this is just more of the same. And you need to make it just unenjoyable because it's not even it's not even remotely difficult to be, you know, as you can say, if you give someone a weapon that is statistically incredible, the game isn't fun because it's too easy. And I feel like the campaign missions and some some general area missions can be honestly too easy. Like you need something, just something a little spice it up. I always thought it would be cool to do journeyman gear every time there's campaign. Um, so I did I did two patrols in a heroic pub, and I got one cipher out of the three. So again, we're in the public space, so the drop rates might be a little stinkier here. But like journeyman gear would basically be like replay the entire campaign at a harder difficulty, and there'd be a journeyman armor set like as an ornament, and a journeyman title, uh, and then like a journeyman emblem ghost sparrow all that so you have like an actual loot incentive to replay everything at a harder difficulty yeah and then you're getting three four times the capital out of your campaign which previously barely got three yeah you may you may get your capital back on the people who week one grind for raid race but anybody else the amount of characters you have determines the amount of times you play the campaign right and right not even now anymore um you make a new light character, most people don't even bother to play it. Yeah, you glide over it. We, the new light experience is supposed to change, too. They're doing something they said on the Cosmodrome, some kind of like new new guardian experience or something. Um, and so that, hope, that that's I also the on the way. Is more than just new light. Because if it is just, well, the reason you're coming back to the Cosmodrome is for new people, I feel a lot of love that the old community would glaze over this and nothing more than easy public spaces yeah yeah i any i just think anytime they make any content whether it's a raid or a dungeon or a strike or a seasonal activity i think considering difficulty spectrum and a replay value is just needed and i think adept weapons and cosmetic items and ornamental armor is a really easy way to say 
Like, if you look at what they did with the Vex offensive armor, and it was all kind of dingy and covered in grass, and then the ornaments in the season pass were super dope, and they lit up, and they were white, and they looked all, like, kind of Vex, you know, Vex-infused. That'd be a great way to say, hey, here's the armor you get when playing the campaign, and here's the journeyman, you know, ornament that you get from replaying the entire thing. Uh, and you feel like there's this, and then when you're, if you know, you're strutting around with that armor on, that's something that you, uh, that's something that you earn and you took the time to go do. And I, I would think the average person would, would, would not do that. It would, it would only really be the more hardcore players that would consider that something worth their time and effort. Yeah. I, I mean, as you, the, the, the trials formula does work very well and you can, you can prop up. I see the potential to have the campaign be a major facet at least for the season it comes out in you should be they should be getting the same amount of capital they get out of strikes gambit and pvp in 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 some sort of sense from the campaign i feel for too long they've wasted the, the the time and effort they put into the campaign as a one and done thing that were that rewards you with nothing except for some time and levels well, and that's why when they said seasonal format's going to move away from the need to do campaign stuff on a regular basis, I was okay with that because I said the same thing. I was like, we never went back and fought Panoptes again. We never went back and did anything. I th- there was a, there was the one Solstice event, I think, when we went, we had to replay vanilla D2 campaign at a harder difficulty. And I Year found one. it to be, yeah, I found it to be really not that enjoyable because it was just like a pretty, it felt like a pretty punishing Delta. Uh, and you know i it it didn't it didn't it did not seem worth the worth the time and effort it was kind of irritating i found but it it at the very least that shows that they can go back and use that kind of content in that way and get more purpose out of it yeah as you said the 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 incentive for difficulty wasn't that good it you know i don't want to reach but if you could make it so campaign missions can be difficult and you can get unique ornaments unique ghost ship sparrows and and maybe some sort of like a, like a a light version of adept weapons. Not something incredibly serious, but something for the people who are new to the game who want not best in class, but something that's you know maybe like a level of gnawing hunger where it's very good, but it's not game breaking. And you can earn that from higher level difficulties right out of the bat. Yeah, yeah. Um, I won't keep your time anymore. I know you want to. We're all looking to itch at the new drop rate, so I'll let us go. All right, man. Thanks for calling in. Good talking to you. Good thoughts. If you guys were listening to this and you're like, man, that'd be so cool to call in and talk, you can do that with the VIP membership. You can click join here on YouTube or go to sntrpresents.com for the Patreon. We're going to keep testing the drop rates of these ciphers. Uh, Not looking all that great for pub patrol grind. Um, We are, uh, we're sitting at a one out of two or three patrols in one heroic event so we're sitting at like a one out of four right now uh and we'll see what happens as we finish another heroic event and another uh, another patrol to see what the averages are as always if you're listening in the other locations please like share and subscribe